Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame. This is Keith Collins, your host, and I'm blessed to know that you are back with me again today. I pray that you've been blessed over the last several weeks where I've talked about legacy and you know heard from some of you, so we're just encouraged by that, and we pray that you'll continue to be who God has called you to be. Today I have a special guest here with me in the studio that I've known this gentleman for many years and have been blessed to do ministry with him. Um, been blessed to be with him in the Philippines where he and his family have served the Lord there for many years. And I'll let him give you a little more information about their ministry and what they do and who they are. But I'm really glad to have Eric Miller with me today. So Eric, thank you so much for being on Maintain the Flame today. Oh, it's such an honor to be with you and Darla here in North Carolina. Yeah, you guys have been with us here for a few days at the house, staying with us, and it's just been good to spend time together and get caught up on things. And again, just encouraged to see what the Lord is doing in your life. And, you know, like I said, I've had a bird's eye view. I've been able to visit your ministry there in the Philippines multiple times over the last several years and have seen the the fruit of your perseverance, of Casey's perseverance. And you got amazing children, five beautiful children that are serving the Lord. So the fruit of your life is evident. And I wanted to have you on today, Eric, to, to talk about really what it means to live out our faith. You know, so many people have they have like an inception to the kingdom of God. And you and I were both in the Brownsville Revival mid-90s, early 2000s, and we saw so many people get so radically touched by the Lord. Unfortunately, some of those people have walked away from that experience, but there's a lot of fruit that you and I know about, and you are part of the, the lasting fruit of the Brownsville Revival. I am as well. Can you just open up here and just you know take your time today, but maybe share a little bit about how the Lord transformed you in the Brownsville Revival, and then we'll talk about how that you have been able to sustain um, a walk with God over the years. You know, just before the Brownsville Revival, I was serving as a youth pastor in a local church in the state of Delaware, and it's where my wife and I met uh, in the summer of 96, and I was serving at the church for about three and a half years total. We had probably 70 to 80 teenagers on a weekly basis. This is a small town. And the church had grown in that time period 
from about 100 to, I would say, about 500. We were purchasing 40 acres of land. We were doing special events, all these things. But for several years, I was addicted to pornography. And it ruled my life. I was a total slave to it. I was even going to, you know, Christian psychologists. I was reading all the Neil Anderson books, you know, The Bondage Breaker, Victory Over the Darkness. I had accountability partners. I was doing everything I thought I was supposed to do, but I could not break free. And there was a day that I stood up in front of the church in August of 97 and repented for a double life, a hypocritical life. I was just tired of being a slave. I didn't even care if I was going to be able to do ministry again. I just was depressed and hopeless. And when I repented, I walked down the middle of the aisle from the platform to my wife, Casey, who was standing at the back door waiting for me. And I felt like chains with like hooks in my flesh were just pulled out off of me and out of me. Wow. And it, I was radically set free in that moment, and I've never been the same since then. I went through a year, my wife and I went through a year with the Church of God, the denomination we were with, a year of restoration. And during that time, we heard about the Pensacola Revival. And we just went to visit. We didn't know what was next. I didn't even know if I'd ever be involved with ministry again or would it be allowed, would be qualified. And we go down there for a few days in April of 98 and we met the Lord in such a power encounter. I remember Steve Hill preaching for the, that first meeting a message called Be a Basket Case. <laughs> and it was all about how the Lord had a basket to deliver you. He used Moses and Paul as examples how God provided a basket of deliverance and freedom. And I ran to the altar that night as I did the next several nights and just radically encountering the Lord. And we knew we were supposed to move there. We moved there four months later with our brand new two-month-old daughter, uh, Sierra. And it was just amazing time where, you know, I, I watched people every night like you did run to the altar. Yeah, amen. Run to receive Jesus, to get right with God. Backsliders coming home. And it just resonated within our heart that the Lord was doing something so spectacular and we got to be a part of it. And ever since then, I'd say personal revival has transformed our lives. Amen. That's awesome. You know, you and I, like I said, we're both, we were both there. I was there for hundreds of meetings. I, I don't really know how many, but I mean, many, many meetings. I showed up in 96 and um, was there beyond 2000. So I was there many, many, many nights. And, and like you, we saw so many people get so radically touched. I've had people ask me over the years, what what was that revival about? I mean, what really happened? And, you know, it's actually kind of hard to say, Eric, in the sense that it's it's hard to find the right words right. to describe the level of glory that was there. And and there's some things that, that's, that stand out to me when I, I think back at that time. The weight of God's glory, right. you know, that, that Hebrew word, um, kabod, means that the weight, that, that tangible weight. Of course, Shekinah, 
means the the visible glory, but just the the kabod, the, the weight of God was so intense, and we knew that this was not being contrived or manufactured through talent or through ability or even through learned Christian ministry behavior patterns, but it was a sovereign move of God. God was there, and and I, I took people who, like me, when I first went in 96, I didn't really go to receive. I went to critique because <laughs> I'd heard about it, and I, I'd already been radically saved as a teenager in 1985. But I, I showed up there with the mindset that I'm just going to check this out, and literally— um, in the line, the Holy Spirit came over me, and I, I knew there was something real. So so when we look back at that time, so many of us, including yourself, I mean, we were set ablaze. I was on fire for the Lord when I got there personally, but the fire was like stoked a hundred times or even more. And I became so hungry for Jesus. Now, people have said, oh, people fell down and shook and all that. Whatever. Some did, some didn't. I did a few times. But when I got off the ground, I didn't get off the ground looking to fall down again. I got off the ground with a deep, deep hunger for Jesus. Now, since that time, I've had to maintain that fire. I've had to maintain the flame of God. God's been faithful to do His part. But what would you say, Eric, is... um, is something maybe that you could offer our listeners today, some keys, maybe even some practical keys to what it really means to sustain that fire, to maintain personal revival in our hearts. Because as I said, we do know some people who enjoyed that season, but now they've walked away from the Lord. You know, one of the things that really challenged me was to have my own intimacy with God that my relationship with the Lord was not dependent upon Sunday morning, Wednesday night, or special gatherings, or the faith of other people, but that I didn't just read my Bible to get a message, Hmm. but that I read it as a son. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I would do my devotions, but it was always because I had to. It wasn't because I got to. And I remember sitting there one day, And it wasn't often that I really felt the Lord speak to me because I had so much sin in my life. Right. But he said, Eric, you know how to pray as a minister, but you don't know how to pray as a son. Wow. And when we're down there, one of the most powerful scripture verses that stood out to me in Pensacola as we watch hundreds and thousands of people get right with God every week was Matthew 3, 8. And that was produce fruit while keeping with repentance. Amen. I started to realize that intimacy with Jesus was not just what I say, but it has a lot to do with what I do with him, no matter where I'm at. And when I would set my day in motion by seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, we overlook the righteousness part a lot of times because We're just like, God, here's my needs and my wants and my cares and my concerns. And he loves to hear those things. But when we are prioritizing him in our lives, we start to realize that he might touch on some things in our hearts and our minds that needs to be renewed, that needs to be changed. And when I maintain my relationship with God and respond to him as an individual... I would go to the altar at the revival. You had a phenomenal, you know, people ministering there. Obviously, Steve Hill, who preached almost every night of the revival. 
Pastor John Kilpatrick, Dr. Michael Brown, David Ravenhill, yourself, Keith Collins. I mean, there were so many great men and women of God, but I didn't want to go get Jesus at church. I wanted Jesus at home. Amen. I wanted to bring him with me. And, and I just, from that time, I believe a cornerstone and a foundation was laid in our lives so that we can hear the voice of God for ourselves, that, that I can get right with God. I believe in deliverance. I believe that we should have folks pray for us. But we have got to learn how to hear the Lord for ourselves mm. and how to keep our hearts conditioned in his presence so that no matter where we are, what we do, we just keep walking with him and we love him. So awesome, man. Well, wow, that's some good stuff there, brother. Listen, I, I know this. Um, God is faithful to his part. And his part is this. He makes himself available to Keith Collins, to Eric Miller, to any of you that are listening right now. Even it's, it's amazing. He invite, He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Yes. Now, I look back at the Brownsville days, Eric, and again, um, I'm so honored that the Lord allowed me to be there. I know you feel the same way. It was just an incredible experience. It wasn't something I was thinking about or looking for. And, you know, I'd read about revival for years, but... Um, what an amazing, amazing experience it was. Post Brownsville, it's been many years now. I mean, I'm in my mid fifties. I was in my late twenties when I showed up there. Wow. So it's been it's been a long time. But but since that time, I'll be honest with you, um, I've walked through some challenges we all have, whether it be relational challenges, financial challenges, ministerial challenges. By the grace of God, I've not fallen into sin or anything like that. Um, but you know. There is that that challenge that we have to maintain the flame of God in our heart. That's the name right. of my podcast. It's kind of like in our marriages, um, Eric. I've been married for years. This this August the second, Darla and I will, will have been married thirty six years. Um, I love my wife now more than ever before, and I can look at our love and our relationship, and it's it develops in stages. In other words, we were so young when we got married in our teen teenage years. And then we started having children, and there's a different level of love. And, you know, we go through challenges, and there's personality things and stuff, and we each learn to die to our own selves so that we can become more one. And it's really kind of a picture, even as Paul talks in Ephesians, of our our relationship with the Lord. Um, But here's what I know. Jesus is more beautiful every day. He's more holy every day. And he's not that he has to become more holy. I mean, in other words, I'm able to see him more and more every day if I invest myself in him. I believe Paul had a progressive revelation of the love of Christ towards him. So you and I were overwhelmed by this in Brownsville. And um, by the grace of God, um, we've been able to to walk this out. So how has that element really fueled what you guys have even done in the Philippines? And we can talk about that some as well. But how has that really been the the foundation of what God has allowed you guys to do over the last several years? Oh, yeah. I believe it's just done everything. You know, the space shuttle is this huge incredible hunk of metal and to get something like that off the ground to resist gravity you needed this powerful just explosion you know to get it up in the air and as it gets going along it seems to you know things fall off of it that don't have to be on it anymore that helped it 
get up in the air and now it's in space and it's basically floating, you know? Mm. And I really believe our relationship with the Lord is like that. And whether you've had a Brownsville experience or not, the fact is that the Holy Spirit is one we're seeking. And when you have your beginning with the Lord, that explosion, it's enough to get you off the ground to where you go higher and higher. You watch things fall off of yourself that... Uh, mindsets, patterns of thinking, you know, unforgiveness issues, and maybe just other things that you didn't initially get set free from, but by faith, you see the Lord actively, you know, take things and peel things off of us like we're uh, like an onion, you know, where he just peels it off of us and, and we become more raw before God and unashamed and fear doesn't have control of us anymore. I, I just believe that in all the years that it's been, this past Sunday was Father's Day, and it's been 27 years since wow. the beginning of the Brownsville <laughs> revival. You know, I just believe that that explosion was awesome and amazing, and, and we long to see those things again. But we're so in love with Jesus and watching him maintain our hearts. Yes. And and allow ourselves to walk in humility and be around each other and others that we know who are godly men and women who pour into our lives and challenge us when we need to. I I just think that we have what we have today in the Lord because we just prioritize Him. We don't have expectations of other people that we don't first point the finger at ourselves and say, God, I, I just want to remain hungry for you. I, I mm. want to I want to be pliable in your hands. I want to be like clay. Amen. I want you to be the potter. There's this longing for him and his, and just to know his love and go deeper. I, I think, you know, so many people have in mind that we have to have a certain measure of, uh, you know, we have to have a degree, that we have to be right. a doctorate in theology in order, order to know the Lord. But that's... It's really not it. And and yet, you know, the people we know uh, very closely, Dr. Michael Brown, someone like him with such a, you know, colossal intellect, but yet he's a man of prayer, a man of simplicity. He loves people and that's, you know, loves Jesus. Amen. You know, I, I think if we all just would choose to go after God, no matter what experience, education we have, that he's going to show up time and time again and Amen. refresh as times of refreshing coming from the Lord and we're just we just want to go deeper with him you know we we want to know him like Paul said I want to know you yes I want to make you known <laughs> our you know <laughs> thing we say in the Philippines all the time is Jesus doesn't need us to make him famous but it's our longing and our passion to make God famous yes yes amen that's awesome brother you know Eric um We've got a few more minutes here before we close today, but I was I was thinking as we were talking before that you know there's there's people that have experienced the Lord that have had genuine experiences with God, and they've walked away from that. It could be from offense, it could be from maybe even legitimate things. In other words, where they've been wounded even by leaders, and, and I understand that, and that that happens in the church or. You know, maybe they got their eyes off the Lord and got their eyes on on this world. Paul said that Demas left him for the love of this present world. But I, I remember years ago, Eric, I was driving 
right on the Virginia border of West Virginia. And I came into West Virginia on this country road, and I looked out into this field there. There was an old fireplace there, stone. I mean, it probably been there for a hundred plus years, maybe more. Who knows? Yeah. But anyhow, but there was no no longer a house. No, there was no barn. There was not even a field. Everything was kind of grown up. But you you could look at that fireplace and you realize that at one time. There was a house there. There was probably a family there. But more than anything, there was a fire that used to burn in that fireplace. And the Lord right. spoke to my heart about a chapter that I'm, I'm actually writing this book right now, but a, a, a chapter called The Place Where Fire Once Burned. Wow. In other words, there's, there's that fireplace, that chimney, that flue that's still intact. However, the fire's gone out. Could you take a few minutes, Eric, as we close here in a few minutes and just maybe speak to that individual, those individuals that maybe had a real walk with God. Maybe they're hurt. Maybe they're offended. Um, maybe they're just backslidden. But there's something there that they can't deny. Fire once burned in their heart. And could you just take a few minutes and speak to those people today? You know, at the end of the Brownsville revival, there was some uh, a split that took place. And it was very painful for a lot of people uh, between a couple leaders and people were choosing sides and things like that but it was really an offense that just you know wasn't dealt with properly and and unfortunately it brought a closing to that revival but i we both saw people deal with it differently mm-hmm. some people everybody seemed to be touched by god during the revival you know they were all about being in line and and once they got in they were so hungry and worship and and running to the altar and receiving prayer and going out in the streets and taking missions trips but then over the years after the revival ended there's people who didn't know how to maintain i think their relationship with god or maybe they did at first but they entertained offense yeah and unforgiveness and it it really i think it really messes with people with their theology and what they experience in the past when they allow offense to rule their heart because the word of god's the same amen and we have a choice to make am i gonna allow god to continue to be not only my savior but my lord Am I going to maintain my relationship in the Lord? Am I going to pray in the Spirit every Come on, day? Amen. Am I going to be in the Word of God? Am I going to invite godly leaders to speak into my life, even if I don't want to hear it? Right. You know, and am I going to, you know, when I have an argument with my wife and I know it's me who's whose flesh is rising up, you know, or <laughs> or say something that I shouldn't have said to my kids or maybe drive with an attitude or something. You know, am I going to take personal responsibility in that moment to repent quickly? So good. We cannot hold on to things and think that it doesn't matter or that time will just take it away. It never does. And I have found that when I was offended with people, when people hurt me, mm. when I offended other people, if I chose to make things right, always with the Lord, yeah. I would always have a sense, I have to make things right with my neighbor, with the ones who are within my reach that I can talk to and be honest. And I'm 
I'm going to tell you, humility has guided my life. <laughs> it, even after I repented as a youth pastor, all these years I have always reached out to teenagers who are in my youth group, and I don't feel <laughs> condemnation, but I, I love Jesus so much, and I'm so grateful for what he has done. I, I've wanted to find them and say, look, I'm so sorry for what happened years ago. I don't feel like I'm under any, you know, you know, ungodly responsibility, but it's before the Lord yeah. that we just want to always, you know, Paul says, Second Corinthians 5, when we're reconciled to Jesus, we immediately become ministers of reconciliation. Amen. If we maintain that in the Lord, I just believe that the revival fire will never go out. And <laughs> even if the, even if the corporate move is not taking place around us, we must still continue to see the flame on the altar of our heart burning. Amen. So good, brother. I, I tell you, I think you've nailed it. I mean, offense, bitterness, you know, the Bible speaks of, you know, offense, how it can bring about a root of bitterness. I really think that, you know, people get offended, they get hurt, they get disappointed, especially with leaders. And it's just, it's the history of the church. Um, however, keeping a heart of humility, and how do we do that? We behold the Lord consistently, incessantly. He He's always in view. When we feel like we have the right to be offended, then we ask the Father, give us a fresh picture of the bloody cross of Calvary. And Jesus willingly laying himself down. The the ultimate picture of humility, the ultimate picture of surrender. And, you know, the Lord asks us to forgive others the way that he forgave us, Amen. which is a, a deep request. However, it's a lifestyle that really frees us to live for Jesus and frees us to burn with, with passion for him. And this this is this is it's the answer to this issue. And again, you know, maybe there are some that are listening. Maybe you were even a part of the Brownsville Revival. I know that, you know, several folks that were connected with that revival listened to this podcast, and um, maybe you're listening, and maybe there's a fence in your heart. I'm telling you, men are imperfect. Men make, make mistakes, and um, that's just the way it is. None of us are perfect except Christ. However, He's perfect. His love is perfect, and I just encourage you to humble yourselves, um, you don't have to be proven right. Jesus is the only one that's right anyway. That's right. There's there there's none good, not one except the Lord. And there's there's freedom in that. Eric, would you just just take a minute? We're going to close here very shortly, but would you just pray over our listeners today? Um, you know, we've talked about a few different things, but just pray right now that the Lord would use this this recording to really touch hearts today. Yes, Lord. I thank you that everyone who is within the sound of our voices today, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is speaking yes. through us to them, and even in ways that we cannot articulate. Yes, Lord. God, if they've only listened to uh, a, a, a short time or the entire podcast today, I pray that they would sense your hand, the strong arm of the Lord upon them. Yes. Lord, conviction is a good thing. Co condemnation is not from Amen. you. Amen. And Lord, if we feel a sense of responsibility rising up within our hearts today, I pray for my brothers and my sisters to respond to you because all we're doing is laying ourselves down before you, telling you, 
again, how much we love you and appreciate you. And so, Lord, I pray for them today. And I ask, Lord, for supernatural breakthroughs. Yes. Relationship breakthroughs. Thank you, God. Lord. Lord, for all the heavy things that they may be carrying, those burdens, Lord, that as they put you first, yes. they would watch you remove unnecessary pain and suffering and see breakthroughs that mm. they've been longing for today. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you for being with me, Eric. How can people find you? Is it RevivalCry.com? Is that right? It's RevivalCry.org. .org, sorry, yes. Yep. RevivalCry.org. Check out Eric's ministry. Um, he and Casey Miller are doing amazing things for the Lord. And we're going to come back again next week and talk about what they're doing in the Philippines. But thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame today. To learn more about our ministry, you can go to Keith-Collins.org, or you can also find us on ImpactGF.org. And we're just so blessed that you're with us. Again, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell the people you go to church with about this program. Our heart is to make a difference in the lives of those that are hearing this. So we love you. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your ongoing support of Maintain the Flame. I'm Keith Collins, and I will be back with you again next week. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.